HR professionals, business owners, and operations at all levels are struggling to figure out what needs to change. Our system has been shocked, practices have been questioned, and conversations are finally happening. We all know there has been a huge shift in what people want. Inclusion and diversity are common phrases, but often misunderstood. Generations are coming together more than ever on what's important. Mental health has been brought to the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's humanize these conversations. Let's talk about what's important for employees to be successful in life and at their job, and how companies can create an environment to allow them to do both. Because successful people will make up a successful workforce. I'm Leanne Lovely. Let's get this conversation started. I have Sarah Davis joining us today. She is the COO of Event Safety Plus, where they focus in mitigating safety concerns before they happen at events and ensuring a proper response should they occur. They work with people to organize events, large and small, determine risk factors, and create easy-to-execute safety plans. This is going to be an awesome uh, opportunity to learn um, about how to make sure that the events that uh, we all uh, put on are um, safe and uh, have the great plans that need to be put in place um, are in place. So I'm excited to, to jump into this conversation with her today. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. So you um, you have such an amazing, um, you know, interesting business. So I'm excited to talk with you. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, I am the COO of Event Safety Plus, and we work with event planners, anyone planning an event to mitigate safety concerns before they happen. And create safety plans for those events. Our goal is that everyone should be able to attend things safely. But me personally, um, I live outside of Chicago. I lived here since before COVID. So I haven't really explored much, which is funny. Um, but we'll, we'll do that eventually, right? Born and raised in Michigan. And we started this company uh, about a year ago now because we were at an event where an active shooter happened it, it was a parade and with our background my partner and i our background in emergency services and emergency management we saw some things that with a little bit of extra planning could have been way different and less impactful on the community um and we we knew that we could make a difference and we knew we could make a change with those things so we started the the company so and first Wow. Uh, I mean, for being at an event, that's such a scary, um, I mean, even even being blocks away and hearing that, um, sure. hearing gunshots or hearing any type of, um, that's just such an amazingly, amazingly terrifying um, situation. I've, I've been, um, and, and I was in my home when this happened, but when gunshots, you know, ring out and you just immediately you know, that, that fear factor, because you have no idea where it's coming from, where it's pointed. So, I mean, first of all, that's, it's amazing that that idea, you know, at that point came up for you. And two, that you've, you know, taken on, you know, a, a 
position a, an opportunity to say, hey, let's create something that can actually help mitigate, you know, risk in situations like this. And I'm assuming that this is not or that there is not a whole ton of companies out there that do what you do. No, no, there are a few companies that um, give you some tools to kind of do it yourself and, and make a plan um, and offer, you know, some 30 minute courses, things like that. But but the bigger thing is that people that plan events are, are creative. They're planners. They want to, you know, make the event beautiful. They want everybody to have fun. Right. And mm -hmm. a lot of events planners or people that plan events, because not everybody that plans an event has that title, they're not trained in what risk factors and what safety factors can happen at their event. Mm -hmm. And we're talking just little things. Um, and I'm not even talking big things like an active shooter or uh, a tornado. We're talking what would happen if somebody had a heart attack at your event? Does somebody know how to use the AED machine or do CPR? <clears throat> or are you yelling for somebody who knows CPR in the crowd? It would be so much easier if the event planners or the coordinators had those skill sets to make sure that people can be taken care of. Um, those are just some small things that factor into the reason we started this. So explain to me, um, I mean, obviously, it, you know, <clears throat> it's not something that many people think about, it, large or small. I mean... Mm -hmm. there's there potentially could be risk at a very you know a 20 person event versus a Definitely. 350 person event obviously risk goes up mm -hmm. the larger the event is more people sure. you have you know higher risk that somebody could have a heart attack or slice their risk on a garbage can that has a whatever <laughs> right yeah yeah exactly so explain to me um when you you know when you first start talking to people, you know, what is the responsibility of, for instance, like a hall or of the location that they're going to versus the responsibility of the person who's planning the actual event? Where is their, you know, wh whose responsibility is, is what and where sure. does that, that fall? Sure. And that, that's a, an amazing question because a lot of people think um, if they rent out, say, a hall for a work event or something like that, and it's attached to a hotel, just I'm laying a groundwork here, you know, and uh, the fire alarm goes off. It's your responsibility, not the hotels, to get your people out safely. They are not going to come down to the hall and help you get out. They're all getting out of the hotel. And they hope you do too. They they wish you no ill will, right? They're not like, you know, <laughs> hoping you don't get out. They all, but they are not coming down to help you evacuate your people. You need to evacuate the hall yourself. You need to know where those exits are. And you need to have a plan to get everybody out. And, and this is where a lot of times, um, if you've ever rented a spot, and people that are listening probably have done this too, where you get in there and all the tables are lined up in a specific manner, right? Or all mm -hmm. the circle tables are in a specific location. And then, you know what? You want to do breakouts. You want to do this. So you start moving the tables. And somebody from the hotel walks by and is like, no, you can't do that. Because if the fire alarm goes off and the tables aren't where they put them, they can't guarantee it that you meet the fire code to be able to get out of that room. 
And that's their that's their responsibility to make sure that you meet the fire code to get out of the room. Mm-hmm. But if you mess it up, it's now on your plate to to make sure people have the paths to get out. And if you move all those tables, they may not. So back to your original question, it's the event planner or the host of the event. It's their responsibility to know the hazards that can come into play and have a proper plan should they occur. <clears throat> That's wildly interesting. And and here's why, because I'm going to guess the majority of the people that you speak with, um, ex- especially when it comes to, hey, I'm going to rent out this small mm-hmm. hall and I'm going to have a 25 you know, person birthday party. Yeah. And they, I'm going to guess that they say, well, it, it would be the the hotel's responsibility to make sure that if something were to go wrong, that they're going to help us out. No. Right? Not I, I at mean, all. Um, it, it, it isn't. It's their responsibility to make sure that the fire alarm and the sprinklers are working right. and that um, there is a path for you to get out. But 98% of the time, they don't provide even an exit strategy for you unless you ask. So if you do ask, most hotels and conference centers say these are our 10 exits, right? right? This is the closest one to you. And they have something to the effect of what you see on the back of hotel room doors, where it's like, if the smoke alarm goes off, follow this and you'll get to your nearest exit. Right. They would have that for conference rooms too, but they're not coming to help you. Right. And and what is the first thing that, you know, when I go to an event or when I've helped set up an event, the one of the first things that people do is start going, okay, where are we going to move these tables to make it effective for us to do X, Y, Z? And, yep. and that, I mean, it happens. If, I can't Every think time. of, right. I can't think of a place that I've gone that when I'm helping set up, that's like one of the first things that people do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is something that you should not do that I do not recommend doing. Right. Um, because you can throw off your exit strategy should you need to exit. Interesting. Most people go into these events, though, with the mentality of that's never going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that that is something that we have encountered a lot, too. Right. So. Now let's talk a little bit more about injury or, you know, at like say an outdoor event. So, you know, we have some of these, well, I have a couple of events coming up that, you know, one is, is an outdoor, very large event. So let's, let's, let's talk about what is the responsibility of say the grounds when it comes to somebody slips, falls, bangs their head, and now they need emergency support of some kind to be taken to the nearest hospital or what is the responsibility of the person who's putting on the event versus the responsibility of the grounds to make sure that there is a safe, quick way to get them off the grounds or emergency care? Sure. Sure. So there's two answers to that. Um, It depends on where you're renting outside um, and what you've agreed to beforehand. So if you're renting a outdoor venue and they're providing grounds crew for you um in some sort of safety measures right like Mm -hmm. they're providing people to park cars and stuff like that because some places want cars parked in a certain spot and whatever they may have an opportunity for you to say will you help us if safety concerns happen okay but go ahead 
and I'm just going to, is that a question you have to ask? Yes. 100%. That is a question you have to ask uh, when you're signing that agreement, whatever that agreement ends up being. Um, but 98% of the time when you do an outdoor event, you're doing it in a park or a fairgrounds or, you know, pick a location, they might have people that are changing the trash for you. And sometimes they don't even have that. It might be your responsibility. Um, but 98% of the time, they are not providing people that will help in those situations. They are not going to provide you medical services or transportation for your people out of the the location to the hospital, none of that. Um, so your choice is, I have a medical tent with, you know, maybe a nurse that is there to help with immediate concerns. And I call 911 if something were to happen. Or you just call 911 and wait. And I can get into why that's not always the best scenario. Right. Depending on the city that you're in, depending on the location 100%. that you're at, it, it's response time can be... 12 minutes or two minutes, depending on how populated the city is. Or exactly. It could, or it could be 20 or minutes. Or how remote, how remote you how are. Remote yeah. you are. So if you're in an area that has, you know, volunteer fire department, it, it could be 20 to 30 minutes before somebody can get there. Right. So. And if you're dealing with a heart attack, that's the difference between mm-hmm. life and death. Yep. 100%. Very interesting. Very interesting. It can be scary. It can be scary. Um, And this is where uh, sometimes what I do and the stories that I tell can get a little scary. And that's why what we do is so important because we want people to go to events to have fun. Mm -hmm. We, so all of the planning and all of the safety concerns can be done beforehand and, you know, pre-planned for and all of that. So if something does happen, it can be taken care of quickly and the fun can continue to happen, right? right? And I know you're going to say it's hard to have fun after somebody has a heart attack. So take that out of the situation for a hot second. But let's take a sprained ankle, right? If you're mm-hmm. at a, a large wedding venue and someone sprains their ankle in the middle of the dance floor, you want to have a plan to move them, get them somewhere safe. You know, do we need to call 911? Do we need to just wrap it? You don't leave them in the middle of the dance floor and have people dance around them. <laughs> Slightly funny, but not appropriate. Right. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I know I'm, la- I'm laughing because no, you're, it it's, it's, it's ridiculous that, that somebody would do that. But then but. you take into account that in most, you know, most, a lot of these places, you have a lot of into- intoxicated people and. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So and it's interesting because now as you're as you're bringing these things up, I'm going through my my Rolodex in my head of, wow, I've been at a baseball game where a sure. f- a friend got um, a ring crunched in a door and then that ring was actually you know, bent and started pinching off the circulation to her finger where, yeah. you know, immediately we had to go to you know at the stadium they had a full-blown nurses station and ended up having to love it right so we Mm -hmm. immediately called one of the attendants what do we do where do we go they had a full-blown medical center on the first floor had to go down they ended up having to actually cut the ring off right you know and in that situation if that wasn't the i mean it would have been get out of the stadium 
go to the emergency room. And that would have been well, go to your car, get out of the parking lot, right. go to the emergency room. That could have been a 30 to 40 minute adventure. Correct. In order to get it cut off. Whereas in this case, it was probably said and done in 15 minutes. In 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 less than that. And sure her finger was perfectly fine she was actually able to enjoy the rest of the day other than the fact that she had just lost a ring but you know that could have been i'd rather lose a ring than a finger correct correct i mean 30 to 40 minutes of having no circulation to your finger that could have done damage that could have done nerve damage that could have done multiple and then you know again as you're talking you know i've i've um now that i'm thinking about it a lot of the fairs especially you know going it's you know, we're experiencing summer. There's little tents that I always that I've seen at quite a few of them where they have, you know, these two people sitting and there's like a little medical center, you know. Yeah. That, so I mean, and those people are probably CPR certified, they have, you know, band aids for kids, they have some ACE bandages in case, but they can triage the situation. Mm-hmm. Right? You could come to them with a cut bleeding, and they wash it off. They're like, no, it's just a surface thing, you know, go back out and have fun. Right. They can triage things. And that's a key. That's a key to planning. Um, Fairs do some fairs, I should say, do really well with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a really good plan for uh, medical care, because especially if there's going to be animals, different things, you never know what an animal is going to do to somebody. Right. Right. Um, I I lived in the country. I've seen cows kill people. So you never know. Um, So. They always have a plan for that. However, a lot of fairs don't have a good evacuation plan um, because they try to limit the entrances and exits mm-hmm. so that they can limit the amount of people. It's how they make money, right? Right. And so there's limited ent- um, entries and exits for people to leave should something happen. And a lot of fairs encounter weather, right? So if there's a lightning storm or a tornado coming in and everybody needs to get to their cars, it can be a bottleneck. And that causes people to be injured in the bottleneck, but also might not allow them to get home in a quick enough manner. Mm -hmm. Well, and we all heard, what year was it, the story of the doors that opened the back backwards? This was many, many years ago, but it was a concert hall of some kind. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. A shooting happened inside. And when everybody tried to flee, the doors opened. The doors backwards. Right. Instead of out. Correct. And uh, so which when, is illegal in every state, but we're right. not getting into that. <laughs> right. And yeah. and I think that actually, I mean, this was many, 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 many years ago, like really set the bar mm-hmm. of if somebody walks into your facility and those doors are opening the wrong way, mm-hmm. like you're <clears throat> immediately shut down. Like you cannot <laughs> like that is just right. the stupidest thing in the world. And that was one of the I mean, it, that hit like in, I don't want to say international that hit national absolute national news because I think like hundreds of people died from trampling on each other yeah. trying to get out so yeah because you know the first few people couldn't open the doors at all so where's everybody else going to go they're going to start pushing correct yeah and just continue to push and push um, and push and, and then yeah. And there are still some cities that, for la- I, I don't know what the term is, but like grandfathered in so that, um, you know, their um, older buildings, they uh, they don't have to be brought up to code because they're historic or whatever. And so there are some places like that that aren't allowed to be event venues anymore. You can use them for other things. 
but they can't be event venues because of those concerns. Right. Which is, I mean, it, that seems like a, it's a no brainer. If you can't you have a think. certain, you can't have a certain amount of people in one area if all of a the sudden there's going <clears> to <throat> be a mob trying to get out. And what I have seen at a lot of these larger venues or events is that they, you know, in having some of these entrances, they don't have real, um, they don't have real walls per se to get in. Uh, it's more like fences that can easily come oh, down. I see what you're saying. Sure. Like if if everybody needs to get out, there are fences that can actually be dropped so that people can come. That a large amount of people can get out. Um, and I've seen more and more places doing that because again, if people need to flee, the last thing that you want is people trampling each other or killing each other while they're fleeing. I mean, exactly. <laughs> And some of those simple things can be pre-planned for, right? Mm -hmm. And and we we go through that like with the trampling thing. A lot of a lot of places, like you said, are, are coming up with the fencing, the different options for easy exit uh, exits and things like that. But it's it's honestly things that don't happen often that people don't plan for, and they right. can turn into a problem. Um, I'm going to use a quick example here that just happened. It was about six months ago. There was a tornado here uh, around me, and there was an indoor event. It was an indoor concert, a smaller venue, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of a local band type thing. Well, the people that had planned the event were on site, right? They just had, like, ticket takers and, and that sort of thing. And so uh, a tornado watch warning all of it came for a few hours beforehand they're like this is happening you need to you know evacuate everybody needs to evacuate no one had the authority to cancel the event <clears throat> so the roof gets torn off people perished that day all because no one had the authority to cancel the event and that's one of the keys to some of these events is is canceling when you're supposed to and not putting your life and other people's life in danger. Mm -hmm. So weather yeah. is a big factor. Yeah. And that's scary. And, and you're right. If nobody at the actual event has the ability to cancel, everybody's looking at each other going, well, what are we supposed to do? And that's interesting. I think you and I had talked about that when we initially met because I was at an event um, in a fully glass. It was a, you know, it was indoors and oh. all the walls were all glass and as the tornado warnings, I remember the person who was running the event goes, guys, we have to get up. We're all going into the bathroom. And we're all like, what? <laughs> okay. And we ended up, and, and it was good. I mean, it was great because there was no question. It was um, with, you know, it was a chamber event that I was at and it was just everybody stand up. We're, we're evacuating this room. It is not safe. Um, there wasn't a matter of whose authority. We just all went, okay. I mean, I, I took my lunch. Right. And we sure. all, you know, although there was not very many men, it was it was quite a few more women. We all went into the bathroom. Eventually, the men were like, well, can we come in there? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, uh, <laughs> why not? And we continued to have our meeting standing up all in the women's bathroom because it lasted a long time. And it was like, well, we might as well. At least, at least talk while we're in here. Correct. Right. You know, and so, I mean, it, and it got hot and it, and we ended up making a joke of it and, and it, and it was great. It was fine. And when it was over, we all went back into the other room, finished our meeting and it was something to talk about. 
but I would have taken a group photo in there. We did. We did. Okay, wonderful. Yes. That makes me feel better. And it was posted on LinkedIn, you know, wonderful meeting in the women's bathroom and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and it and it ended up being a, a, you know, a talking point. But the point being is that, you know, somebody, you know, was monitoring the weather and eventually correct and eventually got to the point where it was like, guys, this is not a safe room. We're, you know, on uh, two full walls were was all glass. It's like this is not the room. And you on a bright, be in. lovely, sunny day, it's the best room ever. Correct. On a stormy tornado day, not necessarily the best. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't want to exactly. go home with glass punctures throughout my entire body, or not go home at all. No, exactly. So. So give me an example of um, how you make sure that event planners can be better prepared in situations that have, you know, gone wrong because they didn't have somebody like you. And I know that you've kind of given me some examples, but, you know, even just like the simple, almost, almost funny stuff that, that you've come across where people are just like, oh, well, I didn't know that. I mean, just the... Sure, sure. So first and foremost, it's all about having conversations about you know, where their event is, how many people they're expecting, what their setup is. We talk about all of that stuff up front so we can get an idea of what they're going to be going through. And, you know, we don't plan for hurricanes in North Dakota, right? We're not going to plan for, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, earthquakes in Michigan. I mean, maybe because there's technically a fault line somewhere there, but Mm -hmm. we're not going to, right? Because on the average, it's not going to happen. So we talk about the all hazards that impact there, but people do, like, there are funny things that happen that people just don't think about. And I'll give an example. This was probably 10 years ago. I was at an event and I show up and there's 10, like those 12 by 12 uh, white, like pop-up tents that people put tables under. Mm -hmm. And they're all in a row and people are going to each one of them, picking up something and put it in a bag. Like it's a, you know, an event where you're filling up a bag with tchotchke. Mm -hmm. And we were there for probably 30 minutes when all of a sudden this bright sunny day had a gust of wind that blew every single tent Nobody got hurt, but four cars had smashed windows. <gasps> and I seriously, to this day, I, I have a picture of it somewhere. I still laugh every time I see it because literally they all just went whoosh, because whoever set them up was like, oh, it's bright and sunny and there's no wind. I don't have to attach them to the ground. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. If 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 our audience could see us, I, I'm putting my my hand in my or my head in my right. hand going, oh, my God, you got to be kidding right. me. Like, come on. And, and those are the little things that we can remind people of in their plan. Mm-hmm. You're like, OK, you're going to have, you know, 10 tents at your event. Make sure that they are secured. Right. right? It's, you know, you're going to have a bouncy house. Can we not be in the news with the kid flying out of the bouncy house because it got lifted up by the wind, right? Um, and <laughs> I know, we laugh about it when the kids aren't injured, right? I know. But sometimes the kid could fall out. If the kid stays in, it's funny. Right. But if the kid pops out, then it can, it can be uh, not funny. Right. And so, yeah, there's a lot of certain things like that that happen that do tend to make people think, well, nobody got hurt. And how often can that happen? So why should I plan for it? Mm -hmm. And that's the wrong mentality to have Mm -hmm. with those 10 tents when they were thrown into cars, 
all it would have taken was one kid to be in the wrong spot. Right. And instead of that car window, it was a kid's head. Right. And those are the reasons we plan for these things. Um, and those are the reasons we get cool photographs in bathrooms, right? When people plan accordingly because everybody's safe. Mm -hmm. That's why I have a cool picture of tents literally impaling cars because no one was in, was injured. Yeah, and, and that's what I want. And it's funny that you bring that up because every time, you know, I every once in a while will go to like, you know, like a street days type thing. And I, you know, I have some sure. crafts that I sell. And every time I get irritated that I have to bring those sandbags mm -hmm. to secure my tent down. I'm like, D it's a beautiful day. Why do I have to do this? But they will make you take your tent down if you have not brought the sandbags to secure your tent. And I'm always like, mm. but. They've seen something like what I just described happen. Correct. Somebody's yep. tent flew into, and you're, you know, you're on the street, windows all behind you of all the businesses. I'm sure that they have seen it go through somebody's business window or maybe yep. worse, hurt somebody. And possibly they're liable and not you, which mm -hmm. makes them have you adhere to those rules. Right. Um, which, which is the, the other thing, right? Like, you know, once you sign on the dotted line, when you're renting out a location or using a park or whatever, that liability is now on you. Mm -hmm. And so when you go to those vendor fairs, the, the vendor organizer is the one that's liable for everything that happens. Right. So, I mean, unless you purposely like hit somebody on something, but if, if an accident happens, they're liable for it. And an accident would be your tent moving. Right. So. Very interesting. I, that is something again, that it's, it's just not thought about. Like, like it's no. just not one of those things that when you're going through all of the details, you're not thinking, oh, this could happen or, oh, this could happen. Now, here's here's an interesting one. Um, yeah. And this is not an event, but I, I witnessed something wildly interesting because, again, I'm a, I'm a very pragmatic, practical person. We go to the dog park and we bring our five year old daughter. OK. Yes. Now, when we walk in there, we explain to our daughter, if dogs are growling, if they're barking, or if a whole clump of them get close to you, you slowly walk away and you get as close to mommy and daddy as possible. And in some cases, we pick her up because sure. there Great is, planning. Yeah. There, and we explain this to her as we walk in, right? We're, we're, we're mitigating the risk factor of the, of the fact that we are bringing our five-year-old daughter into a risky situation. But knowing that the majority of dogs that go to the dog park are dog friendly and typically do not go after each other. So the other day, we're in there and this dog was really excited to see our daughter and ran up and just stopped too, too short. <laughs> and my daughter just went boom right on her butt. And the, and the owner oh, comes, yeah, the <laughs> owner comes running over. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And my daughter's crying, not because she was hurt, because she was just startled. Scared. She was startled. Sure. We pick her up and I said, it's not a problem. We brought our five-year-old to a dog park where we know some dogs get excited. It's not your, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Now, we witnessed <clears throat> another situation where a woman wearing shorts that basically were underwear uh, um, got scratched by another woman's dog. And she went ballistic, completely ballistic. On this other woman. How dare uh, your dog scratch me? How dare your dog? 
And I'm like, you came to the park in booty shorts and expected uh, what? That you weren't going to get scratched? Your own dog could have scratched you. Right. Right. You're you're wearing like you're not you have no protection on knowing that there's going to be dogs jumping on each other, jumping on your dog, jumping all around. I just witnessed my daughter getting knocked over by a dog that was not non-threatening. This dog was non-threatening by any means. Just excited. Just too excited. Just really excited. And and sweet as pie dog. Like, you know, we were petting her and my daughter after the little mini trauma that she experienced was petting and giggling with it. But this woman was, I mean, just out of her mind, angry that how dare her dog scratch her by accident, by the way. I mean, this was a jump up and... So I, on a regular basis, having a, you know, a kid, I'm constantly looking around to mitigate, you know, the risk around her. But even, even being somebody who is constantly, you know, looking at risk versus reward, you know, in my own life, there's no way that I could possibly put all of the things that you're talking about into, I guess, you know, it's not my area of expertise. So right. for me, right. it doesn't make any sense why somebody would that doesn't have experience wouldn't reach out to somebody like you, at least for like, hey, Sarah, do you have a checklist? Do you have... Yeah. I mean, do you go through, so do you tier your program on how engaged you, you are going to be with people? We do. Uh, so our, what you're talking about right there would be our like kind of first or, you know, whatever tier. Um, we have a one hour spot. You can, you can get on a call with us and literally just ask us any questions about safety that we can get done in an hour. You can, we can provide you with a list of things that you should be you know, the basics of anywhere in the country that you should be uh, looking at around safety. But then you can get on this call and ask us whatever you want to ask us in any way, shape or form. And then we go up from there because some people want an actual written out plan where they can go to a tab, you know, thing A happened. What do I do? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's wonderful. A lot of people want that. And, and that's something that we can provide and update, you know, yearly um, at their event or quarterly whenever their event happens. Um, and then finally, our third option is where we actually come. We do all those two first things, but then we're on site for your event to ensure that if something pops up that, you know, it's not in the book or you don't want to handle it and it is in the book or whatever, we will handle it um, on site. Awesome. And what, what is your background? Where did you, now you run this business with your, my partner, your my partner. partner in life and my partner in the business. Yeah. Okay. And so. what is, how did you, you had said that you started this business because of you were at a, you know, yeah. event, but <clears throat> what got you like started obviously you had a background had a background in this right (laughs) sure uh yeah a little bit my partner uh has a lot more uh my experience is more on the event side of things and his is more on the emergency management side okay um so my background my degree is in psychology so i understand humans 
Um, I have a lot of experience in event planning around nonprofits. And then a lot of the nonprofits I've worked with provided emergency services during emergency situations. Okay. Um, and then more recently, I do have experience with emergency management with the Red Cross. Okay. And then my partner, his degree is in emergency management with innumerable experiences in that realm. Awesome. So, yeah. So you guys are right exactly where you need to be. I like to think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we have all the experience that we, we need and we're, you know, we're willing to give that to people. We want to help people make their events safer. We're not trying to gatekeep the information by any shape of the imagination. Um, and, and like I said, you know, we, we do this hands-on. Um, there are other companies out there that I, I will refer people to also uh, to get checklists and some training, some online things. There are great companies out there. But if you're looking for that one-on-one -on -one approach where you can actually ask questions and be engaged in the process and learn, uh, then then that's where you that's where you come to us. Mm -hmm. We make sure that we walk you through the process and you will feel comfortable at your event and safe at your event. What do you think is the number one thing that you have come across when it comes to, you know, the threat? So I'm going to say it's two different things. <clears throat> so an actual threat that's an all hazard concept that people don't think about um, is the weather. Um, they, they don't really think about how that impacts an event. And, and I don't even mean necessarily injuries or um, your, your actual attendees, but if you don't plan ahead, you might lose, um, you know, items like when you're unloading things from a car or you're trying to bring in your catering, right? Things like that can all be impacted by the weather if you don't have a plan for it. Right. And uh, I think weather is the least planned for item that people, because people just think, oh, well, <clears throat> if it's a tornado, I'll get in the bathroom. If, you know, if it's a rainstorm, I'll run real quick, right? But, you know, they don't really think about the impact of it. And that's something that we can, we can uh, all learn more on and we can all plan a little bit better for. But I think the biggest barrier that people have <clears throat> when planning is honestly the thought in their head, and I mentioned this maybe once or twice so far, is people think it'll never happen to them. Uh, yeah. Or more often I hear, well, I mean, the fire department signed off on capacity and I'll just call 911. That's all we got to do, right? No, no, that is not all you have to do. And, and that to me is kind of scary when people are in that mentality. It's kind of like telling somebody they need therapy. You can't just go flick somebody in the head and be like, you need therapy. They're going to clam up and be like, no, right? That's not me. I'm, I'm perfectly fine, right? We all and need therapy. We all need therapy, right? But you can't just go flick somebody in the head and be like, you need therapy. Right. Right? So it's the same thing with talking about safety at events. Um, you can't just walk up to an event and be like, wow, do you realize the unsafe things I see here? Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and so you have to go about it a little bit differently and educate through, uh, you know, social media, some different ways to get people to understand that they need the services and word of mouth. Word of mouth is a big key. Right. Yeah. Um, 
we are on a default setting of it'll never happen to me. Um, you yep. know, and a lot of events, you know, will say we are having this event rain or, you know, rain or shine, it's, it's going <laughs> to happen. And then, you know, you get out there and you're like, wow, this is really not just rain. This is, you know, this is sideways, <laughs> sideways gusts of sheets of water that are hitting and pelting me in the face. And you realize maybe this wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> right. You right. Know. And in, in those are the things that, you know, it'll make you second guess going next year versus if they would just say, you know, hey, our event is getting moved by a week or we're canceling it mm -hmm. because of the weather, because we want you to be safe, dry and happy. Mm -hmm. I'll go back the next year. If I go to an event where I'm a drowned rat by the end, right. I'm going to second guess going next year. Right. Second guess so, on whether or not I want to sign up because mm -hmm. it costs me, you know, a hundred bucks to go and I lose that money if I don't because it's rain or shine. Shine or yep. rain, sun or water. I don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And that's, yeah. And, and in, in the state of, well, and here's the other thing people think, well, you know, I can call emergency services, but we here just recently experienced, you know, a storm in which calling emergency services wasn't an, mm -hmm. an option because we had trees down like on every block. Sure. And they they were being called by everybody which means that right. there wasn't enough emergency services i mean it took it took a month for them to clean up it took 2 days for them to get the power back on this what sure. this happened was this last year yeah yeah, I think it was last year. I, I was sitting in a pocket. I live in, in Franklin, Wisconsin. I was sitting in a pocket where we had no power for two days. So, you know, if you're... And calling 911 every three hours wasn't going to help. No. <clears throat> I mean, no. They, they can only have so many people working on electricity at any given point. Correct. Um, no, we, so. were, we were lucky that people were prepared, you sure. know. And we didn't have, you know, around, and, and I'm not talking about an event, I'm just talking about a huge, individual. you know, individual, huge. <clears throat> but if you were at an event during that time period, there was so much chaos happening all over the place that emergency services would not have helped at that point because. You were not the priority. No. An event was not the priority when there were <clears throat> individuals, um, old, young, whatever, there's there's a triage impact of what happens when people call 911. Right. People think it's, uh, when, when large-scale events happen, people think, well, I called first, they're going to come to me first. Live in some fantasy world. Go ahead. While you don't have power for two days, you can live in your fantasy world. Right. It doesn't work like that. They're going to help the older people. They're going to help the younger people. They're going to help the people that need to get out of their home not the people that can stay there for a little bit without electricity. Right. <clears throat> um, and yeah, and also, uh, I mean, we lived for centuries upon centuries without electricity and running water in the house. Um, you know, we, we need to start thinking about planning ahead and making sure that you have a few key elements in your house. Some food you don't have to cook. You know what I mean? Some food, well, sometimes gas doesn't get cut off, but sometimes that can throw a wrench in it too when there's 
trees down and things like that and mm-hmm. kind of impact gas lines and um but you know have water have um you know bottles of water someplace that are easily accessible and things like that it can really make a difference yeah yeah well sarah this has been an awesome conversation we're coming to time so i want to ask you the question oh. of the season um what do oh, you it, yes um i'm asking everybody this um this season what do you think will go down in the history book books from what the world has experienced over the last three years? Okay. <clears throat> so um, I'm assuming uh, we're, we're beyond just talking about COVID and how we react to pandemics, because I think the world uh, learned a few lessons on that. <clears throat> but I'm going to say something that will go down in the history books from what we experienced over the last three years is that we we don't need to have eight to five jobs to be successful in the world and and by that i mean so many people um switched their their thought processes over over covid but um, we started working remotely, hybrid, from home, at night when the kids were asleep because we had to do school with them during the day. You know, a variety of things happened. And while a lot of people are trying to get us to go back into the uh, the office atmosphere, I don't think it's ever going to happen thoroughly again. I think we learned our lesson that productivity does not mean clocking in from 8 to 5. Awesome. So awesome. that'll be what I Excellent. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how would they go about doing that? Sure. So uh, eventsafetyplus.com. Um, if you want to get to me directly, it's eventsafetyplus.com backslash Sarah, Sarah with an H. And that'll get you to all of my links. And then obviously the website there, you can sign up for our services and set up that first consultation call. Excellent. Sarah, this has been such an amazing um, eye-opening and education, educational conversation. I really appreciate you coming on and joining me today. It was fun. And and you were right. The time flew. So <laughs> I, I love it. Thank you. Yeah. You have a great day. You too. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.